Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. And these are Will Mavity's interviews with the visual effects supervisor from ILM for Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Ben Snow, and the film's hair, makeup, and prosthetics designer, Alessandro Bartolazzi. On your knees. Okay, chop it off. Chop it off, let's do it. Oh, we got him now. You know what? I'm thinking they're probably sharper stairs somewhere else. We're thieves, but we help the wrong person steal the wrong thing and unleash the greatest evil the world has ever known. The Red Wizards created an army of the undead. Sounds lovely. Quite the opposite. I know I was being ironic. I find irony is a blade that cuts he who wields it most especially. You're not a lot of fun, are you? How are we gonna pull this off? We're gonna need a team. Follow me to the orifice. The orifice? I'll go last. Don't mind that. Generally, this was a very fun FX project to watch. And I know it's, people had a lot to say about this film. It kind of surprised people. And a big part of it was because it's so visually inventive. And as I understand that you were integral as the production VFX supervisor and working with um, the directors who'd never really worked with anything even close to the type of VFX heavy project that this is because they've done game night, they've done vacation, but that's not like this. I mean, a guy gets sucked into an airplane, but it's, you know, it's, it's very different. So tell me a little bit about kind of being the person who worked with two directors who haven't done a, really FX heavy show like this to guide them from the production side onward to make sure that they're doing this right. Well, you know, I've had a little bit of experience with that sort of thing. Um, (laughs) Some of the other directors I've worked with were fairly inexperienced with films like this beforehand, but you know, usually they know more, a lot more than they say they do or that they own up to to knowing. And um, these guys definitely had, you know, with both vacation and um, with uh, what they did on um, game night, the little bit that they did, like you mentioned, they had a bit of experience with it. So that was good. But, you know, like a lot of directors, their desire was how can we do everything practically? Can we use a lot of practical effects? You know, there's always a certain reticence about computer graphics. But on a project like this, you're going to have to embrace everything that you can just because there's such a variety of material and shots and magic that you have to create. So um, it was definitely 
probably key was just the collaborativeness between, you know, myself, the special effects soup, the art department, the DP, and the creature team, the legacy creature team. That that sort of collaboration, I think, made the directors feel more comfortable with it. And um, you know, knowing that we're all going always going to try and get something practically, but we're going to choose our battles because you have to use computer graphics. So you want to make sure the computer graphics is as good and convincing as you can make it and that it's integrated with the other aspects of filmmaking. Well, so let's talk about that integration first, because obviously um, I know a lot of people did talk about the practical side. So tell me a little bit about the VFX team's interactions with some of the, the practical stuff. For example, Jarnathan. I know everyone talks about Jarnathan, the, um, the winged owl guy, someone like yeah. that. Yeah, so basically what will happen is that um, the legacy effects team will work on a Jarnathan or like the corpses in the graveyard or something like that. And I've worked with those guys for a long time, um, going back to Galaxy Quest and the first Iron Man films. So we know each other fairly well and have a good communication. And so, you know, when they're designing the creatures, they'll show me designs and they'll call me over. Um, and we'll discuss, okay, well, look, you know, this is a skeleton. We can't actually see through the actor inside. We're going to cast a really skinny guy, but we won't be able to see through him. So, you know, can you guys um, help us out with making some neg negative spaces? Maybe, you know, for example, with Jonathan, he was very heavily articulated, but some of the scenes we had to film with him, he, he we didn't have the fully featured head available. So then it was like, oh, well, can we go back in and add eye blinks and, and a couple of things there? And then, of course, later on, we got the uh, a, a more detailed head that allowed a lot of this behavior. But, yeah, it's literally just trying to choose the best tool for the job. And, you know, um, the other way we collaborated with Legacy was they actually designed or worked on the designs of a lot of the creatures in the film. So they contributed to the designs, even um, in some cases for the computer graphics creatures. Mm. Um, so there was definitely, you know, we definitely sort of, there was a real constant discussion and involvement. And then um, with uh, special effects, Sam Conway was our special effects um, supervisor. And it was literally just trying to come up with the best way of achieving things. And if we could find a practical gag, we would definitely try and pursue it. Like there's a scene where the characters sort of walk into this um, a, a, in a, an audience room with Hugh Grant and they sort of end up trying to go and grab him and um, the a wizard in there turns the floor into a sand pit sort of thing. And our characters fall into the quicksand. And so we're like, well, there are ways, you know, that we've seen tests with aerated sand. Maybe there's a way we could do that. And so Sam did a bunch of tests to work out, oh, yeah, we can actually achieve this in camera. Likewise with the gelatinous cube, it was like, well, what combination of techniques can we use to pull that off? So, yeah, it was, it was a, a lot of consultation. Let's talk about the gelatinous cube. That was high on my list of things I was curious about. That That's... Yeah crazy bit of design so tell me about that <laughs> yeah it's really interesting because you know obviously a gelatinous cube is big if you play DD &D in the lore and we've seen it in a few movies over the years and and tv shows it's a popular creature 
So, you know, but how do you believably make, you know, in a live action, not an animated context, um, characters interact with the cube? So we ended up doing a bunch of tests. We had a day of second unit shooting where we took the stunt performers and we coated them with gel and we found these, um, Sam found these thin membranes, like silicon membranes, that you, if you pressed your face against them, <laughs> it would out very nicely. And we kind of liked that look. So we thought, okay, well, we'll we won't be able to necessarily shoot elements with this stuff, but we will be able to get the best reference that we can, that then when we go back in post-production and try and add the gelatinous cube, we'll have some really nice elements of, you know, Chris with his face sort of pressed <laughs> through, the, through the membrane. And then we also shot high speed. So for when they're jumping into the um, gel cube, we, we did some tests with the Phantom and shot high speed photography and actually had a membrane that one of the characters jumped through to try and slow them down a little <laughs> bit and get that feeling of their clothes being compressed as they enter. So, yeah, it was a whole raft of techniques. There was a little bit of a discussion as to what the characters would look like in there and a bit of an argument. Um, but uh, in the end, to sort of settle it, I asked Sam to make a, a big vat of clear gel, like slime, and um, the producer actually found some... I mean, this was full lockdown, COVID in Belfast, but the producer was able to find some um, Barbie dolls and we went, whoosh, the Barbie doll. <laughs> the jowl, and you could sort of see how the clothes were all squished down and the hair was really compressed and end, end of discussion. <laughs> we kind of knew what our look had to be. There's, a, you know, along with the gelatinous cube, there's also some interesting sequences generally involving time distortion. Uh, there's a scene in which Simon jumps into a period in the past and there's kind of slow moving time there. Oh, in general. Yeah. 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 The ethereal plane. Yeah. So that was actually the ethereal plane. Now, the ethereal plane in Dungeons and Dragons is a very shadowy, um, misty sort of place. But one of the things we did work closely with Wizards of the Coast to make sure that we kept within canon, but there was always room to make the film's version and make it unique to the movie. Um, and certainly with that one, you know, it's kind of using the ethereal plane as a departure point, but it's more, um, you know, in a way, Simon going into a different state of his own existence. So we wanted something very surreal, like he, he stepped into a surrealist painting. But again, the desire was to try and pin it to the uh, photography. So we ended up shooting on a real location on this beach in, um, in Northern Ireland. We shot all the scenes leading up to it and then shot a bunch of plate material and stills and tile sets and stuff. And then went back for the, um, when they're actually in the ethereal plane, a lot of that was shot in, um, on blue screen. And then we matched the figures and projected their them onto themselves and projected the landscape onto some computer graphics. So we had the real photography, but we were able to distort it in very strange ways. And that's that's how we achieved that effect. And then the time stop is a little bit of a different thing, but that was a similar sort of, you know, I was talking about how we experimented with high speed for... Um, gel tube so again we had to work out how to freeze people and so we definitely used high speed and then a combination of different stunt rigs to try and get the real photography as much as possible and honestly just because there was so much effects work we really had to be clever about how we uh, shot this stuff so that we could 
not necessarily be creating fully CG everything, right. you know, you know, with the huge cost. And frankly, you know, having having the real component be as strong as it was just made it. Um, there's a you, you get the realism from it, right? Because it is real, so that that helped a, a lot as well. Well, let's talk about something that you couldn't possibly even try to do real. Let's talk about the owl bear. Everybody yeah. talks about the owl bear. That's it's a very lively creature you design with a lot of personality. So love to know about everything from the little feathers on there to the movements, the facial expressions. Definitely. And the owlbear, certainly this um, owlbears are very nicely represented in it's just such a great creature when, when you learn about it. Um, and in this case, Wes Burt, who was one of our um, concept artists that was on the show right from the start, had started designs on it and the directors definitely wanted to go with the snowy owl look. Um, and so there was a lot of exploration early on. We didn't actually do heavy previews on that scene. We sort of um, had um, storyboards, but we also, it was kind of, we kind of had to come up with the choreography. And so we worked with the second unit team and the stunt team to sort of come up with a, a broad idea of the fight. But one of the things the directors was sort of not sure about initially was should it be on its feet or should it be on its on its uh, on all fours? And initially, the storyboarding and and, des and design of the sequence was based on it being on all of all of its feet. But once we started animation tests, it was like, well, kind of becomes very humanoid. We want it to be more animal. So can we reimagine this so that it's on all fours more? And so the animators did a great job of doing that. We were able to, we'd shot the photography in a way that we could reframe for that pretty pretty easily. And um, it ended up being something that evolved as we did animation tests and stuff like that. And technologically, it was actually a challenge because you've got a muscular creature and you really want to see those muscles, mm -hmm. but then you've got feathers that have to ride along on top of the muscles. Right. So the creature team actually um, did a fair bit of work to, you know, first get the sim, you know, we'd have the animation that would drive a muscle sim, and then they'd have to um, work out where areas of muscles would ride along with the other muscle, with areas of feathers would ride along on top of the muscles. And then, frankly, go in by hand sometimes and tweak mm -hmm. the the armpits and the gaps and stuff <laughs> it worked well but yeah i um you know it, it worked out pretty well and the the look of the feathers and everything was just uh terrific and of course then you've got a lot of great compositing as well to combine that into the scene so he's kicking up dirt and um you know grabbing grabbing the the actual actors that we shot on real stunts and, and painted out the wires and stuff like that but then it's always a little bit off. You always have to take over a tiny bit and move it, you know, just enough. So, yeah. And that was Todd Vaziri who was doing a lot of the compositing work. Yeah, Todd was um, Todd was um, one of our lead compositors, you know, the lead compositor in San Francisco. He did a lot with the ethereal plane um, mm. and, and then led the team that was also doing comping in that area as well. Um, okay, and then... There's a scene that's great where Doric is trying to escape the castle and is transforming yeah. into like six different animals. That's an insane sequence. Tell me a little bit about putting that together. That was great fun. It was the very first thing we start. Like I think even before I joined the show, they'd started trying to previs this thing, and so there was a lot of previs done initially by one company, and then 
we went for a period of storyboarding and then the company that ended up doing most of the previews on the film day uh, day for night ended up taking it over and doing some work on it as well so the main thing was trying to come up with a template of what it really was they knew it wanted to be a long shot and they knew that they wanted her to transform the key beats like the guards jumping around and stuff were all worked out um but then it was kind of bigger than we wanted so we're like okay well we have to take one of the transformations out and maybe have a go back to being herself because we were also like oh we kind of lose sight of the human in there as well so it evolved quite a lot and then we once we had that template out of previews and boarding and then editorial also working on stuff i sat down with the ad's and the art department and also with sam the special effects guy and we kind of worked out where bits would begin and end and came up with a formula for that because we really couldn't build a set that was so giant that we accommodate <laughs> the run so yeah um we sort of went through and said okay well it starts in this set and then we have to get through the wall into this next set and so that next set was like a grain room which sam had big um you know rigs so we could pull over all of the all of the grain storage and make this explosion of popcorn and we shot a bunch of sort of elements of slow motion popcorn that we could integrate into it and then <laughs> um then once we get out of that room the camera actually um Derek becomes a mouse by the end of that and the camera has to drop right down to the ground level so camera were like well we have to get the floor down the camera down that low we'll have to dig a hole in the set so <laughs> we knew ahead of time that the set would have to have these big trenches in it so we plotted where all of those were shot the camera going down into the trench and then shot a pass where we put the ground back in and the camera would you know we just shoot as good as we could as low as we could and then project that so moving picture company who did the scene would do a lot of reprojections to blend the two different set pieces together and then as well as you know, so the cameras come out of the grain room. She's transformed into a mouse. She runs over into a piece of armor. The camera's in the floor. Now it starts craning up. And during that crane up, we have to transition to a different camera device. So we went from a crane to a rickshaw, which is basically like a big stroller that the cameraman sits in. Um, someone drags them along running <laughs> as fast as they can. It's literally that. That sounds it's, fun. It's very, um, but it means you can get in fairly tight corridors like our right. corridor was. And so he goes running down with this guy, but we've transitioned on the armour because we had to make a CG armour. So, yeah, it was just coming up with all of those, um, those how are we going to do this? How are we going to make this transition work? And then you get out to set and it's like, oh, well, actually the crane's only 40 feet, so there's no way it'll get that far. <laughs> so you're going to take the rickshaw all the way down and then work out how to get the... No, I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> was that the most difficult sequence you worked on you think um in a way we'd done so much planning by the time we came to work on it it had a lot of moving parts but it wasn't necessarily the most challenging because we had been able to prep it so thoroughly in some ways more challenging scenes in well the the um the gel cube because it was yeah. like everyone was scratching their head how are we going to get into this and then the um, the um, things like, you know, even things like um, where Doric, there's a scene where they use these portals to steal treasure from mm -hmm. a 
from a, a, a treasure wagon. And they have to start on one side in the real world. And then she goes through the portal and ends up inside the carriage upside down and back to front and all of this sort of thing. And so that was that was pretty challenging just because you'd shoot, you know, one half of the shot in one place. And then the other half of the shot might be with second unit in a different place. And then there'd be another component like the rushing road, which you'd have to shoot separately. So sometimes it was just a lot of Tetris to work out all of that sort of stuff. In one of the scenes, the initial scene in that sequence where she first goes through the portal, um, we started on this exterior set on the on a on a hillside. We didn't actually have the real Doric available to us. <laughs> so it was a stunt woman going in and the camera cranes down. And then the B side, which was real Doric coming up, we had a, a set that there was a right way up of the carriage. She started upside down and then the camera sort of craned up into the set. But because the set was this tied in carriage interior and the directors wanted to do a 360, we kind of had to open one door of the set oh my God. so the camera would have room. She comes up, turns up the right way, the door shuts, the other side of the set opens so the camera can get around the other side. So it was just um, a lot of moving parts just that aren't necessarily visual effects particularly, but that we have to work out because it's an impossible camera move. Yeah, no, it's uh, it reminds me of what it sounds like Peter Jackson and the Weta team did in the, the first couple Lord of the Rings movies, that kind of, uh, you know, like, no, we're just doing kind of insane things with the camera to make you think. Get around, exactly. Like yeah. Work. And yeah exactly yeah, because we had a bit of forced perspective with marlam and um the uh uh the small boyfriend Holger. <laughs> <and Marlam. laughs> i think the movie's been out long enough we can say who that is too Bradley yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah well actually it's funny it started with a different actor and we actually shot it with a different actor but for the joke to land it kind of needed to be someone you instantly recognized right and knew, <laughs> knew we'd done something too because um Initially, we'd, we'd shrunk the other actor who was great, but um, not necessarily a, a recognisable face to people. And people were like, oh, it's just a short guy. <laughs> they cast a short guy. That's fine. You know, yeah, that's yeah. good. But um, he had to be, they wanted their halflings to be smaller than the Hobbit ones, the directors. They wanted them to really half the size of a human. So we did a lot of things like build giant chairs and and. <laughs> And set pieces um you know two different scales of set pieces so that he when he's handling it it's giant but then when she picks up the teacup it's the right size for uh for her um so classic old-fashioned force perspective for a lot of that actually um uh but again it was something that you know it kind of wasn't we wanted to be doing it as efficiently as we could you know right. we wanted it to you know um and be able to you know, allowed the directors to play because it was kind of, even though it was funny, it was sort of an important emotional scene mm -hmm. between for Olga at least. Um, so we wanted to make sure their eye lines were correct and all of that sort of thing so that she, when we originally shot the photography, had, you know, the emotional connection. So, But then some shots you have to do where one person's looking up above their head and the other person's <laughs> looking at the chest because you're going to shrink right right well i think we're about out of time but this is um 
honestly, this was just a joy to watch. And uh, I got to ask, is there, uh, do you have a favorite BTS video? Because I could hear about all this stuff all day and I would, I would love to know. I've seen bits and pieces that pop up on TikTok and, uh, but do you have kind of a, is there a, a particular reel you're proud of that I and honestly oh, other know, people can go great. look at? I'll, let me let me talk to Ian about that because funnily enough, we're actually prepping reels and stuff at the moment. Yeah, Ben, excellent work. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. He missed. No, that's not good. Aren't you sick of failing? We can die. There's worse things than dying. I lost everything that ever mattered to me. And if we quit now, that's for nothing. I don't want to see you die, which is why I'm gonna leave the room. This ends now. Bridge is protected by an ancient trap. We must not trigger the mechanism. I may have triggered the mechanism. So, sorry. So, uh, Alessandro, I think we spoke on Cyrano, correct? I think I yeah, remember. Yeah, you're right. He looks familiar. He looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, and you told me all about that you were having to do makeup in front of a volcano, an alive volcano. Wow, that's that's we, we, where we survived. Okay, Dangerous and Dragon, it was not so dangerous. It was, just, <laughs> was less, it was Belfast, a little bit dangerous, but tough place, but not like the volcano. We never risked the life every day. That, that, that Cyrano was fun. was fun, huh? You remember the story? I do. Stayed, if you see the, the explosion, don't run. Look at where it fall, where it fall and then run. What I mean, that's it. it. Was horrible. So you said Dungeons and Dragons was a little bit dangerous, though. Uh, so what Wait, was a little bit dangerous about this set? Because we have to be careful about the dragon. Let me let me raise the the volume. Raise the volume. Is the volume here still? No. Yeah, no, it wasn't, no, wasn't dangerous. I, well, well, how is it going to be dangerous? Dragon the Digital, I, I was a little bit disappointed and I expect something more, more exciting, but this was, they just tell you, there's going to be a dragon there. Oh, really? <laughs> and when you see, you say, whoa, what the fuck? I was behind the dragon. Also, the, no, it was good. It was good. It was a, was a, was a beautiful, it was, a, was, was, was a really nice, dangerous. Did you see the movie? Oh, of course. Yeah. Isn't it fun? Oh, it's, it's, I loved it. It's very fun. Honestly, when I, when you do, you never realize how funny it is. Okay. My God, the scene about the symmetry when they're talking about the, the I was going to ask you about that because I assume you worked that on that. Me. That's really kill me. It kill me when we are there because you see, when the people, the actor enjoy to do something, you realize this is, is the moment is true. Yeah. Yeah, that scene where it's like, was that a question? Yes. Yeah, very yes, funny. Yes, yes. And, and then at the end of the movie, you see the same guy keep talking. Hey, <laughs> one more. I love that because it's so, it's so this kind of uh, hate is humor, you know? When there is the, the, the magazine like Mad or Linus, this old magazine about 
funny story that that was kind of this is was all dangerous and dragon when i saw for example at the beginning you know the big monster arrive you know hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah. Did you see? It doesn't look so modern because it seems like something from the 80s. I love that. I love mm. that. I love this character. And then what we did is, uh, okay, make a question. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. So I was going to... Uh... There are a couple particular characters I was going to ask you about, because um, I know that a lot of the characters in this, there's an overlap with you and some of the animatronics people. So there's people that I think are definitely your territory specifically, but you tell me when it's someone that wasn't as yeah, much definitely. you. So, yeah. I mean, I guess one of the things I know is you, I'll ask you about first, is the Red Wizards. Um, yes. Especially... Um, I'm forgetting her name. What is the um, the main one? The actress. You've made her completely bald. Yes, Daisy Head. Is the yeah, name. Daisy Head. Okay, so uh, tell me a little bit about creating her look and really the look of all the Red Wizards. Yeah, that 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 was really okay. The challenging is, uh, as you imagine, I'm really free in a do something but um i can i say you have not you have to be careful because you have to respect some rules first dangerous and dragon game and then i'm the the wrong guy to respect rules <laughs> and then it stopped me that. no you can do that well, what why yeah because the the symbol of that has to be like that oh my god really yes well okay let's do that way and then oh no i can be like that this is keep going and then another thing that I really like is when we're talking, please don't use uh, CGI mm -hmm. in what we did. And then I was so deeply happy when I saw the movie and I realized they use really some, obviously, at the end of the day, the end of the life of when it killed. But we we made we made the, the like the base. I make something like, like has to be like that and you can add in more smoke ash line darkness but this is kind of has to be like that and then they they did because this is was and then um, <clears throat> all we did in the red wizard is like uh, create something terrifying but at the same time beautiful and then bold has to be bold i don't know i don't know why all the red wizard has to be bold but seems is the kind of rules and then we did we did, and we apply all this beautiful. We design so long. The research was long to to find the drawing about made made the beautiful harmonic drawing to do this tattoo. I was was really happy. And every single character, every Tayana are different, and everything is made by we did a handmade every morning to everyone painting with a brush and everything, and then. Another thing was find the right color of the skin because mm. I don't want to make like a ghost, like mm -hmm. and even like a dead corpse. 
but something in the middle, something between. In fact, you don't remember if it's the tone of his skin is yellow or green or pink. It's, looks it looks cool. In the scene with uh, Forge, mm-hmm. you grant in behind it looks like so still and everything and in the dark and the eyes with little a lot of dark eyes. Even even it has to be dark, but not uh, what can I say? Not like uh, not like a makeup, but something like a more painting. Remember some painter of the twenties, like or probably not the twenties. Sorry, do you remember the the cinema German cinema silence German cinema on the twenties? Yeah, uh, Dr. Caligari and stuff like that. Exactly that one. Yeah, that yeah. one. Oh, this woman really. St- Pale with his eyes dark black. That that was my one of the reference. Uh, About the reference, we did we do a lot of research. This is my because I need to have a story behind every character to make them believable. If it, this is for for everyone, because if it, if you don't if you don't give a story, you don't the the character become real. It's not start from a, from one point. It start from a long story. And you see during the, his life, and you see that moment. For example, like Michelle Rodriguez was one of the much more enjoyable character to did. But the Italian assassin, the Red Wizard, was good. And thank God I had uh, to work with me, Christina Waltz, who, where we did this beautiful bald cap. You see the bald cap is always, if you see Daisy Head has a hair like, like that. Yeah. Black and long. It's incredible. And then we wrap. Oof, was so good. Was so good. Was so and then she was good too. Yeah, but that was beautiful. You said Michelle Rodriguez was really fun to work on. Tell me about that. Yes, because uh, I bring Michelle, I say, Michelle, we need a story behind your character. And I find your ancestor. I find this princess Rukok is a is a little girl, 12 years year old. Who was alive three thousand years ago? Three thousand or seven thousand? I don't know. This is a lot of time. <laughs> this little girl was a warrior. Was a warrior. It was like the the prequel of the Amazons. You know the okay. Amazons. Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Ama- Ama- Amazon. Amazon. How do you say Amazonias? The woman. Uh, yeah, Amazonians. I think. Yeah, yeah. Amazonians. Amazon is yeah. quite. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then it was he was full of tattoo. Uh, we did the tattoo. We did the this the the scar about the branding. We decided to make like in the art make the branding about this tribe and everything that we talking about. I talking along about the story about this little girl. All the story to remember you are this girl, and this was really helpful for her to make her tough and believable about his character. It was so good, the hair and everything. There is a. There is a, something that really surprised me in this movie because if you see every single character in the morning, it doesn't look so special or impressive. But if you put in the world of Dungeons and Dragon, they become immediately magical. Mm-hmm. This is this is surprised me. So what we did, we did something character like for Forge, Simon, uh, Doric, everyone. If they look is if they come to visit you in your house, you they look quite normal. Okay, Doric has a horn, it's quite weird, but it doesn't look so incredible. But they become immediately realistic in the in the game, in the show. It, surrounded by all this world. 
And yeah. then another thing that I like is every it's a game. And then like in a game, you can how can I say you can become the character. Mm-hmm. It's not like something I'd want to criticize some production, but sometimes the fantasy is too much. And then you you watch it like that. Okay. Dungeons and Dragons, you become one of these guys because yeah. it's kind of simple. It's not simple because a lot of work because everyone wear a wig, everyone has a something prosthetics, everyone has a horn, everyone has something to make them special, but in the same time, achievable. Oh, that's a good word. So you said everybody has a prosthetic. So I'm curious, um, how many different characters did you have to work on in this film? Personally? That, well, your team. Hand. How many people is, did your team work on? How many people did you design prosthetics for? I, I was, it was me. With me and Christina, principally. And Okay, yeah. But how many, yeah, well, like, so how many characters did you design total, you think? Ah, uh, all the Tyan assassin, all the red wizard, all the core people, and then I I can't res- I can't resist. Sometimes I grab some from crowd mm-hmm. and we did something. Like there is a few people that are quite interesting. Because it's funny, you can't you can avoid to be enjoy all this world. You 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 are in, and then when you're you beat this kind of world. You you want to do everything. I was so selfish. And I promised to my assistant, I said, okay, I'm I promised. I will not do everything just myself because I'm selfish. And then after five minutes, I did again. Okay, sorry, I did again. <laughs> did you work on the corpses? No. No, the corpses are not you. Okay, so let's talk about... The corpse uh... is, something, is something, something good where there is no room to do something. Ah. And then um, the other one was uh, in the very beginning scene in the prison cell. There's a goblin or something that Michelle Rodriguez yeah. beat. That wasn't you? Yeah. No, that wasn't me. It, this gotcha. is the guy that I like. He's made by, what do, you, what do you call this guy? that They do more kind of huge prosthetic in, in America. Yeah, I think it's like Shane Mahan's team. Yeah, Shane, Shane. That's so good. When I saw, when I saw that, I say. Oh my God, I love it. It's so different from the other one because it's, I would say at the beginning when we talk, it's something like it from the 80s. And then it was so impressive. I cannot do everything. Even, <laughs> even the big guy with the with the wing, you remember? Yeah, Jonathan. The... Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then you said you did all the core characters. Tell me about the horns for Sophia Lillis. Okay, the horn for Sophia Lillis was... Uh, we did, uh, I had no idea how many shape because it has to be aggressive, but not to be aggressive, too much aggressive. Animal, but not too much animal. And even scary, but not too scary. But dangerous, but not too dangerous. So where we did one, say, we, we put like, say, oh God, it's too, it's too wild. <laughs> then move it a bit. Okay, change the color. Let's change the size. And then the guy built the horn. Ah, we have we I still have a lot of horn around me because <laughs> we make so many. And we find that one you see, they're quite good, huh? They're not so aggressive. They are good. They are good. They lo- looks I don't want to say look sexy because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no. <laughs> not not this is too far, but <laughs> but it's quite uh, quite quite cool. 
She's quite cool. And then the, the hair, <gasps> the hair. Oh my God, the hair. The, when I designed the hair, I really want this kind of curl, this kind of thread, but curl, but not to curl. Twist, but not to twist. That's, this is me talking with people to say, <laughs> do that. Red, but not, not red, but copper, but not copper with a point of orange, but not too much orange, but less curly, but curly, but natural because, and then we put like a lot of freckles or something like that. Mm. I kind of see that. Yeah. What about uh, Reggie, Reggie Jean Page? Um, what kind of work did you do on him? We did, uh, he has like a, a week, mm-hmm. a week. And then what was important, the most challenging was the the, the symbol of the, because it's an Italian right. symbol, but it's not being complete. It never becomes Italian completely. It remains like kind of weird guy with itself symbol in his forehead. And then even that one was really, <laughs> I had no idea how many symbol I sent to <laughs> A1, the wizard of the coast, because we, we was, Watching us was like a production studio, E1 producer, and Wizard of the Coast. It's like an exam. Exam. You do you do one thing and everyone pass and make a stamp. And then it was, oh my God, I can't believe it. Oh, and then, it's, yeah. But was this is part of the game. And then I accepted because I, I know it was like that. But we have to find the, our. I, I never surrendered to to say, okay, I do. I've been blind. I do everything they want. I just keep fighting to give something more organic, believable, more 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 than I like it, and uh, that's what's what's happened. So one thing I thought about this this production was that because a lot of it's a pra- a lot of it's practical, a lot of it's in camera. I'm betting that means there's a lot of wear and tear on the makeup and the prosthetics on the actors um, because they are doing a lot of things in camera. Tell me a little bit about kind of designing makeup that was not going to get destroyed throughout kind of a very physical production. I don't really understand exactly what you mean. Well, so, I guess what I mean is um, this is a film where your actors who you've put makeup on are going to be doing stunts. They're going to be fighting. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah a yeah, lot yeah. of things aren't CGI. So the makeup, I mean, preserving the makeup throughout these action scenes. Uh, yeah, we had something like that conversation even for Cyrano. <laughs> what I like is what's happened during the day. Because when you do the... The makeup in the morning, you put the makeup, you make shadow, you do something. It looks good, but still, uh, I don't want to say fake is too big as a word, but it's not organic like I like it. During the day, they absorb the skin, the little dirt, they touch himself, the face, and become more naturally, more organic. And I like better. Mm. So I really asked the people being on set, also my assistant, don't do too much touch up. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it go. Leave it. Mm. What's happening? Even when we do a dirtness, the dirtness will go. But what is go? What remain is is the real one. Yeah. And then um, the last question is: You mentioned uh, you pulled some random characters from the side, the background you designed. Who were yeah. some of your favorites of those? So I can keep an oh, eye. Oh, there is a there's some warrior, some warrior. Sometimes, sometimes 
Sometimes I bring some people, then we go, come with me and find some, some tattoo, I will touch, I put a tattoo, I put a scar. And the people say to me, oh, you cannot do this because these are continuous. Yeah, continuity. I know, <laughs> it's so boring. And then I really, nobody can, not any kind of continuity can stop me for be do something really, I don't want to say artistic, something really nice. And then yeah. we add and then we cut stuff and then I use it. But that is, is another kind. Yeah, but we put twist down, up, down, side down, and then nobody can realize. And then I draw in something and then become beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, it worked. This is a, it's a wonderfully designed film. And I love how much you and Shane and everyone else did in camera here. You know, it, it it's it's very refreshing in an age where everything is CGI, that there's so much. You see, you, you see, the, you see the, the village, the village of the elf. Yeah. They have a little makeup, like a dot, just a dot. No, 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 let's not do it something really too much. Let's do it something everyone can do it. Let's yeah. see what works. Let's make the people more approachable at the job to see, oh my God, look at that. I, I cannot, I can't do it. I don't want to say there is a movie with a beautiful, huge prosthetic makeup, but it's, I want to say, it's not appealing for me. Mm. I, will, I, I like when I do something like uh, everyone can do it, kids. Everyone can be Doric with the two horns and yeah. red wings. Well, I'm sure that there were uh, people dressed up as a lot of these characters for Halloween this year. So, you know. When we did, do you remember that we did the, the, the replica of the 70s character in TV? The copy when there's an, in, a, in a maze. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That was so fun because you have to do something like you did, but in the wrong way, more <laughs> cartoon. And then that was fun. And then they say, oh, this is, and this is incredible because I was seeing with my wife the movie. And then, see, that is the character of the t- TV show in the 80s or 70s, 80s. And then they say, well, which, oh, look at that. This is this is her because you see as a red hair, but it's completely mm-hmm. different. But at the same time, it has a something reminded. Is, is, that is the fun. Discovery, the, the, the connection. Without being hysterical to make a replica exactly the same. Why? Right, There's right. no reason. Well, this sounds really fun. Well, what are you working on next? Oh, <laughs> I did uh, Cyrano. Mm-hmm. They offered me another project about the same period, and I say yes because I like explore. Now I start, I start keeping, keep with the dragoon. I do how to train your dragon. Oh, I forgot they're doing a live action version of that. <laughs> yeah, and I okay. Say, and I say, mm, let's do it. I say to my guy, let's go back to to Belfast to do again, and that that is another fun project. That is a this fun is dragon. I don't do any more dragon. I did one. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But you know, when you find the world, and then you, you can experiment, and then at the beginning, before the the strike, well, we mean in preparation, it was really fun because the the, the memories overlapping to the real the reality, the the actual moment, and then say, oh, let's do this. Oh, oh, we cannot use the same, and we cannot do the same, but he's already made it. Every movie has its own story, or every dragoon has its own personality. It can be dangerous, make it. But what's, yeah. It's going to be fun, it's going to be enjoyed. Yeah, I can't wait be, to see you it. Know, you know what? When, when there is a kind of dragoon like that, everybody, everybody 
play. Mm. Some everybody become kid because yeah. dragon is something sweet, and everybody yeah. enjoy. Everybody's it's nice. Everybody does like dragons. You're exactly right. <laughs> everybody likes dragon. All right. Well, thank you so much, Alessandro, and thank you for taking the time to talk. And I hope you have a great rest of the evening. Yeah, and then um, we will see you for the next, right? That's <laughs> right. That's right. We will oh, see you. This when is you're this is the badge. Then this is the badge that I did for crew. Oh, see? that's awesome. That's awesome. It's a crew gift. Everybody loved oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, it was thank- incredible crew, incredible people, incredible director, producer. Everyone was amazing. We was really lucky. No, oh, it sounds that way. It sounds like it was a really good team and a really good family. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Alessandro. Thank you, Will. Uh, See you next. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interviews with the visual effects supervisor from ILM for Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, Ben Snow, and the film's hair, makeup, and prosthetics designer. Alessandro Bertolazzi here on the next best picture podcast Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves is up for your consideration for this year's Academy Awards including best visual effects and best makeup and hairstyling you have been listening to the next best picture podcast we are proud to be part of the evergreen podcast network and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening as always, and we will see you all next time. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.